things like that. Hello, welcome to the Things Like That podcast. My name is Allie Liberts, and I'm your host. I'm so excited to have you here today. Um, if this is your first episode, we have an awesome guest today. Her name is Alicia, and I followed her on Instagram for a while. We both used to sell essential oils, so that's how I found her, and she doesn't know it, but ever since I started my podcast, I had a dream list of people that like dream guests that I wanted to have on the podcast. And she was on that list. So I'm so excited to have her here today and that she agreed and was excited to be on the podcast. That's always exciting. So I wanted to do just a little introduction for her. She shares um, a little bit about herself at the beginning of the episode, but I wanted to give the full introduction and really hype her up. So Alicia is a three-time self-published poet who writes under her Instagram name, which is where she grows. I think that's so beautiful. And her poetry can be described as raw, real, and terrifyingly relatable. I honestly can't even describe it. It's just relatable is such a surface level word. um, And you just really get drawn into her poetry and you can find it all on her social medias and her TikToks and just get a little glimpse of it. But through her writing, she has become a voice to people who are still finding their own voice and helps others feel less alone. She was voted in 2021 Best of Casey, Best Local Author Runner Up. She was also voted Best Poetry Book of 2021 by Poetry Rise for her book Still Growing Wildflowers. And she was the number one new release in Family Poetry in January 2022 for her other book, Made of Earth. So she is just having so much growth and success, and I'm so happy for her. Putting poetry out there can be so vulnerable, which she talks about in this episode about how her poetry is about things she's gone through, and it's like putting herself on paper. So I'm so excited for her and for you to hear her story and just get to know her. You can find her on Instagram and TikTok at where she grows and her books on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. How cool is that? I will post those details of where you can find her and her books as well in the show notes and on the things like that Instagram. And I think she mentions it at the end of this episode too. So you'll have all that information. Definitely go check her out. Leave a review on her poetry books. Buy some of her poetry books. She also started selling like beautiful I don't even want to say merch. It's like beautiful clothing with her poetry on it. And she has a few kind of like printouts of her poetry that you can hang up on your wall. Just her aesthetic. You're going to love it. So get ready for this episode. It's so good. Welcome, Alicia. I'm so excited to have you on the Things Like That podcast today. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about your poetry, what you're up to, motherhood, things like that. Um, But just for everyone who's listening, Alicia is a three-time self-published poet, and she writes under her Instagram name, Where She Grows, and she can share a little bit later about all the different places you can find her. But do you want to give a little introduction from yourself about who you are and what you're up to? Yeah. Hi, I'm excited to be here. And um, like Ali said, my name is Alicia. I was born in California. I grew up in Utah and I moved to Missouri about 10 years ago. And that's kind of where I've been since. I started writing poetry officially back in 
you know, like 2019, 2020 around there-ish. Um, but yeah, I have two kids, two boys, they're 10 and eight, and I have them 50% of the time because I'm divorced and that's great too. And, <laughs> um, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. Um, yeah, that was the one thing I kind of want to start with was with your poetry. Cause I know you've been working a lot on that recently, like just seeing your TikToks, like you're doing so well on TikTok, um, and you're self-published. And I feel like that's something a lot of people are probably interested in. Mm-hmm. I know you also have an ebook too on your Instagram, right. About how to self-publish or like something on your website, right. A blog post. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Blog. Um, but can you go a little bit into that of why you chose to self-publish or yeah. actually let's start with what you write about because I feel like that's the one thing like people love about your poetry is it's just like it draws you in it's very like real and raw so kind of explain what your style is okay so uh, then that is what people use to describe my poetry is it's very real it's very raw I I take from real life experiences a lot um things that a lot of people have experienced they're not things that are unique to myself but for a long time I thought they were and So when I started writing, I was writing mostly to escape and to kind of just channel all of this energy and hurt and pain into something. And then when I started sharing it, I realized, oh, this is not just healing for me, it's healing for other people too. So um, that's a little bit about that. So I write about childhood trauma. I write about relationships, good and bad. I write about the mother wound, the father wound. I write about my neighbors, literally anything <laughs> that I see that I was like, oh, that's a story. Cause I feel like all of us are pretty much walking poetry, which sounds like that's like the most cliche thing to say, but I think it's true. There's a story in everybody. And I think there's something beautiful about every person. That's definitely, I feel like what makes you a poet when you can see like the little beautiful things and everything. Um, I, I I can't remember if it was an old TikTok, like if I was just creeping or if it was a newer one, but <laughs> you said something about like how you, one of your poetry was like taken as like sexual, but it was actually about a salad. Yes. So yes. Like, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. Um, I'll like post all your books and uh, links to your books on Amazon and everything, but you just have such a I hate to just say relatable because it's like deeper than that, but like mm-hmm. your poetry, like you can just relate to it in any way, even if it's like not what you meant to write about. So right. I think that's like really awesome. Um, as a kid, were you always like writing things down or like finding deeper meanings and everything and like things like that? Or did that start like when you were older? As a kid, I barely existed. Like, I don't even know. Like, like I, people Relatable. are relatable. Right? Like, what? People would ask, like, what do you want to be? As like, like, what did you want to be when you were a kid? And like, I had no fucking clue. I don't think, I didn't even think I would be here still existing at this point. But spoiler alert, it's still here. And um, so when I was younger, like, people ask, like, what did you want to be as an adult? And I'm like, I don't know. So I just started telling people like I wanted to be a tree like that was it like, and they're like that. oh that's so funny and I'm like ah. so no as kind a kid of true, though <laughs> right I'm like eh. I do like I did spend a lot of my time outside like with my siblings and stuff and I was very observant about things I was a quieter kid um, which is very different than the adult I am <laughs> but um I did have journals growing up and I wrote in them and 
Um, my parents were really close with another family growing up and they all had kids our age and we called them siblings basically. And so one of my siblings from this other family, whenever they would come over, she would always try and read my journals and it made me so mad. And like, I would get so angry and I hated her for the longest time. Um, I would like hide them and she would still find them. And I was like, Oh, and she knows who she is. She knows all of this. We laugh about it now, but, um, when I was about 22, she came over to my apartment for a thing that we were doing. And after she left, she texted me and was like, so I read your journal. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> was she like, wait, this is actually really good. <laughs> yes. And like, that's the thing. Like, I we, we laughed about it like a month ago. And she was like, You're, you've always been like such a good storyteller. Like, I love all your stories. And I think it's hilarious because I feel like I lived one of the most generic, boring lives and that I'm not that interesting, but <laughs> like there's, like I said before, like everybody has a story and, and people do relate to that, but on a deeper, deeper level, like you said, like, I think the reason why we relate to so many different people and things is because we see a reflection of ourselves in that or something that we would like to be. So anyway, super funny that she would always try and read my journal. <laughs> and then in elementary school, I actually wrote for the school newspaper. Like I was thinking about this, like when you sent these questions over, I was, it helped unlock some little memories that I just like forgot about because they weren't important. But I was like, oh yeah, no, there was a, my teacher who oversaw everything was Miss Sutton. I got to help write in the paper and all of that. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's like, that's so wholesome. That's such a good little memory. Um, when you said you started really writing in 2019, um, what was kind of the thing that made you be like, okay, I think I'm actually going to share this, like start like actually publishing it. Had you already been sharing it on Instagram and then you just took it a step further or did you not really start till 2019? So um, even before 2019, like when I was a teenager, I wrote songs and singing songwriting is very similar to poetry so it wasn't unfamiliar for me but when I got married um at 23 to keep it simple the relationship was not really um a place I was encouraged to grow and so I stopped writing I stopped singing I stopped all of that until I got to a place that was really dark and really scary and um that's when I started writing because I was like I need some help here. And that was like the only way that I really knew how to cope with things is with, with writing. And, um, <clears throat> I was going through a really rough time, 2017, 2018, like the entirety of my marriage, honestly, but like, that's the point where I was like, something really needs to change or I'm going to cease to exist. <laughs> and, um, so I, I had written something and then I shared it on Instagram then. And people were like, wow, we really like this. You should share more. And I was like, cool. Cause I'm really sad right now. Let's do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I just started sharing. And then the more I shared, then people um, like towards 2019, they were like, when are you going to, like, I would buy your book. When are you going to make a book? And I was like, mm, I will figure that out. <laughs> so I did. That's awesome. How did that feel? Like having people be like, compile this and I will buy it like was that like because I feel like a lot of poets and just like anyone with art think like oh I could never like really make something of this so did you ever struggle with I guess like imposter syndrome or anything like that 
Literally my whole life, <laughs> like literally with everything I do. Yes, absolutely. You're like currently, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Always, like never not. I have like, uh, I have issues, but like, so <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> but no, definitely. I, it was, it was nice to be encouraged by people to be like, Hey, I do want to read your stuff because, um, I grew up in a very creative household, but, um, it was a place where creativity was overly critiqued. And so I have felt average at everything I do, like at best average at best. Um, and so to have people be like, actually, Alicia, you write really well. Also, I would buy this also, please do this. So I have it like as a memory, like, so I can keep it with me. And so like, that was, that was really surreal for me. And even now knowing that people still buy my poetry and like share my poetry uh, two and a half years later, it is wild to me. I cry like once a month when I have like a really high sale day. I'm like, yes, <laughs> like, that, like it's amazing. That's awesome. Um, I think we should also note that you not only self-published them, but you also made the covers for them and everything like that. So is that like another outlet for you? Like kind of because like I mean your covers are really good like I saw that one of them like you had to change because it showed like a butt crack or something (laughs) but um but yeah how was that creating them was that like kind of putting another piece of your heart into that Mm -hmm. and so like my covers I got graphics from graphic designers actually and then I several different graphic designers that had similar styles because I can't paint. I cannot do graphic design. I can see things and I can put them together visually, Mm -hmm. but that's not something I'm super uh, familiar with. So I did change like some of the colors and things to match my vision. But um, when it comes to creativity, when I feel... When I need to feel inspired, I'm not someone who turns to creativity like a lot of people. I go to sleep. I take a nap. (laughs) So that's That's my thing. But um, I do. So designing the covers was really fun just because you have complete creative control. And so my covers do have what Amazon calls nudity. They're graphics and they look similar to me. And... um, they're still allowed to be on there. I just can't advertise them. Like I can't pay to have an ad run on them because they're sexually suggestive. <laughs> gotcha. I, I love them. I think they're so cute. I do they too. So well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting that like as someone who is a poet, you choose to go to sleep, like to handle things. I think that's another great way. I'm also a huge napper. Yes. Um, but yeah, I feel like a lot of times it's like you think someone who's really creative is like that's their outlet all the time and so that's kind of cool to see a different perspective of you use that to share your stories um, and process things a little bit but not all the time so that's really cool that's awesome um let's talk about your tiktok a little bit because you definitely had some awesome growth on there um and that's like a huge way to share your poetry so how has that growth been for you it's been good. It's um, I've had a couple of posts go kind of viral, which is cool just because like more people get to see it. Um, and it's one of the same posts on that I've shared on Instagram that's been really popular. It's I take my new lover to the earth first. And 
that one was super popular a couple of times and that's that poem specifically has what is what has like given me the most growth and the most following um poetry is a little bit hard for me to share on any platform really but even like especially on tiktok just because it's more visual but poetry is something that you read on a deeply personal level and i absolutely do not love the sound of my voice when I read my poetry and so like it's so hard for me to sit myself in from in front of a camera and read and I feel like I have pretty chaotic energy sometimes where I just like I'm bouncing all over the place and um you see a lot of other poets on TikTok who are very calm and demure and just like beautiful and done up and I'm just like I am a mess all the time (laughs) like I do not relate like so, so I'm trying to find, so while I have had like some viral posts and really great growth there, I'm still trying to figure out like what my thing is and what people want to see. Cause normally I'll, I'll, um, I'll share just like pictures of my books or, um, just text over a video or something like that. So, but it's a fun space to be in. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's like, it's so e- like not easier, but it's like a better opportunity to get like more growth and reach, mm-hmm. especially like because Instagram's been weird lately. Yes. Um, but yeah, definitely, I feel like poetry because most TikToks are like seven seconds, and that's like hard to digest. Like, yes. stuff, so, um, but I think you've done a great job at like sharing who you are, but also like sharing in your poetry. Um, and TikTok can also be hard because I feel like people are very bold on TikTok. Like, it's just like some of the comments people will say are just crazy. So um, that's definitely like a vulnerable thing to do. So I'm so glad that you're getting like positive feedback from that. Um, Has that helped your sales? Like, has that been another great asset towards your sales? That's awesome. Yeah, it it has been. um, Especially with Instagram, you know, completely changing its platform. It has helped a lot because I get like barely any visibility on, on Instagram anymore. But with TikTok, um, it's free marketing, which is great. It's also free adverti- like advertising as well. And since I can't run ads on two of my books on Amazon, that's really helpful as well. So yeah, that's awesome. It's also a great way for people to like get to know you. And I think that's important like when you're reading poetry because you really yeah. are like reading someone's like thoughts and emotions and like what there's they're processing now like yeah <laughs> not about people reading it but here here's the yeah <laughs> yeah no that's awesome um another thing I really want to talk about is um you're also a mom and yeah. I know you write about like the motherhood wound which a lot of people can relate to um so how has it been how has like motherhood changed you and like seeing things differently and like processing things how has that all been for you Oh, motherhood is, I honestly thought I was going to be a terrible mother. (laughs) Like I was so worried because I have never had a good relationship with my own. Never. And so I was just really excessively worried that I was going to be shit. (laughs) But when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, I never want this child to feel like they were unwanted because that's how I felt so often growing up. And turns out loving your kid is the easiest thing to do. (laughs) I, I love being a mom and I love my kids. And, um, I think the best part about motherhood 
is so the other day my kids came home from a long weekend away and you could feel this like collective breath like exhale and my oldest goes I can be myself here (laughs) and like I'm about to cry (laughs) because like to me like that's my biggest flex as a mother is that my kids feel safe enough to express themselves and that they can be themselves and like that is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, that's beautiful. And it's because they probably see you doing that. So mm-hmm. like you're modeling what it's like to like be your true self. So that's really awesome. I feel like it's the people who worry the most about being a worse mom that are the best. Cause it's like, if you didn't worry about it, you wouldn't, you know, right. that would be a bad thing. Um, so that's awesome. Do you feel like there's anything else you do as a mom that's like, um, different from like the norm that like Mm -hmm. something you may be like oh this might not be good but it's like what works for you yeah um so this is something I learned from one of my best friends here in Missouri um I have a couple of single mom friends and we all hang out on the weekends we don't have our kids and stuff but one of the things that she said is home is a safe space for us to express ourselves and so like that's something that I've adapted to I was doing it before but like to have language for it is really helpful so like my kids can swear at home they can say whatever they want um we have rules around that like you can't call other kids this you can't call each other this and those things but they're learning um about that and it's not like (laughs) A lot of people would look at that and be like, yeah, no, that's not happening. But I think it's hilarious to hear my little, my little eight-year-old be like, what the fuck? (laughs) I I think it's so funny. Um, Another thing is, what? hmm. I don't know. I think that's like the main thing is like, we just, we work towards expressing ourselves. I'm, and I'm open about my relationship with other people and my parents a lot, um, who I don't have a relationship with anymore, but they, they will ask why, like what happened, what are the things? And I'm very open and very honest about that as well in a way that they can understand. And it's really interesting to watch um, kids movies with them, like um, Encanto, they watch that and they'll make, they'll draw parallels from the parents or like tangle them and be like, Oh, that's like this time that this happened to you. And I'm like, Oh yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's right. (laughs) So. Wow. Yeah. I think that's really good. And I think that's something like a lot of like this generation's trying to work towards is like being more like transparent with their kids. Yeah. It's like, kids find out stuff anyway. Like I remember being a kid and I found out everything anyway, but when you're not talk to about it, it's just confusing. So I think kind of like being able to explain it to like their age level and everything is awesome. And I also love the cussing thing. Cause like me and my husband are the same way. It's like, who, who said their bad words? You know, it's like they're right. adult words, like, you know, knowing the situation to use them in, but it's like, kids are going to cuss anyways. You know <laughs> what I mean? So yeah. I think that's awesome. Um, I think that's so cool that they have that space to grow in. Um, and that's exactly, that's exactly what I told them. Cause they were, they were being told by other people that these are bad words. We don't say them. And I was like, they're not bad words. They are adult words. And there are spaces where you can use them and spaces where you probably shouldn't like at school, please. <laughs> like, yes. I do not want to call. But like one time they didn't get, they didn't get picked up from school. Like they were supposed to. So they called me and 
I went and picked them up and my youngest was like, mom, you're here. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm here. And so like, I'm swearing at school. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I feel like you're just such a fun mom. Like I just feel like you're the best mom. Um, so that's like another reason I love following you is just seeing like, um, just like your dynamic and your kids being able to see you just be like this cool, witchy, like free spirit <laughs> mom. Like this is awesome. Um, but talking a little bit more, um, and we can go as deep or not as deep as yeah. you want. Um, you talk about how you share about your childhood trauma in your poetry. Um, so growing up, I know you also grew up in a religious family. Was that Mormon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Which is very interesting to me. I see it all over TikTok. I know that's kind of the new oh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how did the religion aspect and not being close with your parents, like, how was that growing up? So... I realize now that my tie to religion was my tie to my relationship with my parents. If I was really good at, at going to church and doing all of the good church things, then my relationship with my parents was better surface level, right? Um, but church was never a choice for us. We had to go. We had to do all of these things. It was expected of us. It wasn't when you. It wasn't if you want to have kids. It was when you have kids. It was not if like when, or if you want to get married, it was when you get married. So like from a very, very young age, you have all of these expectations placed on you, um, both like girls and boys. And they're different. Uh, the, The girls are always focused towards family and, and babies and making sure that you are a good, pure woman. And then the men are, it's completely different, but (laughs) Yep. That's, that's like the shittiest part about religion. And I feel like most religions can relate to that. Um, and it, it just takes such a toll. Like, I mean, we can only speak from like the woman's side, but it's like so much pressure, so many, just such a small box that you're fit into. Mm -hmm. Um, when do you feel like you started breaking out of that box and just like being like, okay, let me be myself. Right. So, um, It was kind of like that when I was a teenager, but also still trying to be good. I actually got kicked out of my house when I was 18, two months before I graduated high school because I didn't, I didn't like going to church. I would skip out on church. I would sneak out of the house when my parents wouldn't let me like go to a party at 10 or like at a normal time that all the kids were doing parties or whatever. And I wasn't drinking. I wasn't drugging. I wasn't fucking like I wasn't doing any of that. When I sneak out of the house, like I went to the the playground at the elementary school to play tag and night games. Like, oh. I, was, like I was wholesome. <laughs> You're like, I just want to have fun, please. I just want to hang out and be a normal, a normal teenager. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, I would make out with a, my best friend or whatever. But like, <laughs> I'm not. I wasn't. I wasn't. It happened. Yeah, like, are you kidding me? I'm not dumb. <laughs> so, um, that just was not on my radar. But so that people don't realize, like I left once before I left my church once before, um, shortly after I got kicked out of the house, I like within those two months, I still tried to like do all of the things like go to church and all of that. But then after a couple of months, I was like, "Mm, no, like this doesn't really matter. But then 
I was really struggling being on my own. And I was like, I know if I go back, I will have a community. I will have more support from my parents. Like my siblings weren't even allowed over to my apartment because I was a quote, bad influence. And um, so I started going back to church and started doing all those things. Like it's pretty easy, I guess, if you like put your mind to it, but it's not something that I held really closely to me. Um, And it was really different from my older sister who um, that was something she wanted to do. She wanted to get married. She wanted to have kids. She wanted to go to church and do all of those things. And then, then there was me typical second child who just didn't give a fuck, but like did the things, because if you didn't do the things and you got in worse trouble than if you just go along with it. And so, um, yeah, so I ended up going back to church and doing all of the right things. I got married way too fast, (laughs) got married the Mormon way. And which is uh, very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> like, we, we can talk about that too if you want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, then shortly into my marriage, I was like, oh, I think we probably shouldn't be married. But um, that was something that was refused, like he refused to speak to me about it. And so we just, I kind of just kept going along. I was like, okay, well, maybe it will get better. Cause that's another thing when you are religious, it's like, well, just pray about it. Just keep doing all the right things. God will take care of it. And sometimes, you know, most of the time, that's just not how it is. <laughs> like that is not how it is at all. And so um, about four years into my marriage, like I got super depressed. I mean, I was depressed before, but like hella and <laughs> deep in it <laughs> like I was there like yeah. in the band. and um I remember I was struggling with church I was struggling with my marriage and I remember just waking up one day I'm like walking to the window and watching the sunrise like I do and um for lack of a better word like my higher self was like none of this is real like none of this is true and I was like Oh, great. And then I was just like, done. <laughs> so, like in terms of religion being like, okay, like I'm done even yeah. trying to pretend. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, so from the time you were kicked out um, till you were like 23 is when you got married that whole time you were like still trying to stick with it and at least play the game a little bit. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's a long time to do it just <laughs> for great. like the approval. Yeah. That's, that definitely takes a toll. Um, how was it? when you fully were like, okay, I'm done. Was that like harder on your family? Was like, there were lots of backlash. How'd that go? (laughs) (laughs) Leaving a religion is hard. Like any religion is hard, but especially a religion like Mormonism, because everything is built around um, all of your relationships, at least in my family, are built on your relationship with the church. And if you're in good standing, quotes, with the church. And so people talk about religious deconstruction or whatever. Mine wasn't so much religious deconstruction as it was religious obliteration. Like everything just like exploded and came crashing down. And I, it was awful for me. I had um, men from church showing up at my house, telling me that I was destroying my family and that I better think about my husband and my children and that my children, uh, would be damned basically. And that I was destroying my, my eternal family. I got emails from my dad saying that I was a wicked woman and like quoting scripture at me. 
And even when I tried to go to church to, to support my husband and my children who were still there, people would talk about me and be like, why does like why is she even here? And just say really awful things. And I think that's the hardest thing about leaving is, is how people treat you. It's not <laughs> my favorite thing to say to people when they do this is what the fuck would Jesus do? Like honestly, you're being the worst human possible this is like if you are truly a christian this is not what jesus would have done and you're being the worst but like um that's a great way to put it <laughs> you know, like, you're just being so so terrible um so leaving the religion was fine leaving the culture was so toxic it was bad <laughs> yeah i feel like especially with people coming to your house and basically playing like placing all the blame of like your family's eternal life on you. Like that can definitely take a toll on like how you see yourself. So how did you kind of work on like rebuilding like your self-worth from all that? Cause religion can, I know definitely take a toll on making you feel like nothing really about you matters. You just have to exactly. play the game. Exactly. How was that transition? I felt like a garbage human, but that wasn't too far from how I pretty much grown up feeling. Mm -hmm. um, I think what really allowed me to come back to myself was when I got divorced. What um, and that just kind of brought everything back to like full circle. I guess is um, when I was able to step out of both the religion and my marriage, both places where I was not supposed to be and step back into a new space and return to a lot of parts of myself, but also just um, become a new person as well. But that's awesome. Um, <laughs> was that, was you leaving, just so I can like get the full picture, no, was you leaving religion and you leaving um, your husband? Was that around the same time? Was it like it all was, happening was, very fast? Uh, so okay. well, it was about, um, about two or three years. I okay. Think. Wow. Um, my memory is not great. I'd have to look at them because I remember like so much stress. Like I don't remember so many things, but it was about like a maybe two to four year period wow. um, from the time I left to getting divorced. How are you? Because like to me, like that's one thing I love about just like watching your social media is just like seeing how much you've grown. Um, so how do you feel now compared to like, like looking back on all of that? Are you just like, damn, I made it out. Like I made it yes. through. <laughs> oh my God. I cry sometimes. I cry a lot. Cause like, I just have a lot of feelings, but like I look back on pictures sometimes and I, my heart breaks for that person. Like I was a shell of a human being. It was so, so sad. And to see where I am now, I am so fucking grateful because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here anymore if I had stayed, like if I'd stayed in my religion, if I'd stayed in my marriage. And that's something that's hard to explain to my kids sometimes because they're young and they don't understand everything. And um, so my oldest was, um, I think, eight when we got divorced and he'd always be like, well, why? Like, why is it happening? I said, there's a lot of little reasons. But the main reason, well, one of the main reasons is that I was very, very sad to the point that I didn't want to be here anymore. And he, as he gets older, we elaborate on that a little bit more and give more detail. But um, 
And he'll, he'll notice that in, in movies and in other people too. And he'll be like, Oh, look, that's like you, that's like you were. And I was like, you're right. And one of the things, um, that really, cause like I was terrified to leave my marriage because I had gone to my parents for help. And I was like, look, I'm not okay. This is what I think needs to happen. And they were like, no, you're the worst. You're, you're, you should be perfectly happy. Your dead sister would have killed to be in your spot. So you should just figure it out. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> okay. So I was terrified, especially because I had been a stay at home parent for the entirety of our marriage. And so I didn't have an income really. Um, and I had no support system here. And so, but one of the things that finally just like broke me and I was like, Alicia, just fucking do it. It doesn't matter was the fact that I wanted to die <laughs> and that my, um, my oldest would ask me, like, I, we didn't really fight in our marriage. It was pretty quiet, not, not quite energetically, but we didn't, you know, yell or whatever. But my son would always ask me, mommy, are you happy? And like that just broke me. And so I was like, my kids deserve a mom who is happy and whole, not just someone who's holding everything together for the sake of it looking good and making other people comfortable. Wow. Yeah, that definitely, that takes, that's a bold move. And I hope you can be proud of yourself for that. Cause that's yeah. like, definitely, cause I, I feel like a lot of, especially the shame that can be used is, or like the worry of like what divorce can do to a kid, but like, yes. what can a happy mom do to a kid? You know what yes. I mean? Like, and so, and you're already seeing the fruits of that. So that's like really awesome. Um, but that's, a, that's a lot to go through and yeah. it's, Thank you for sharing your processes on that through your poetry. It's definitely going to help a lot of people. Um, do you feel like that was a time where a lot of your poems were wrote? <laughs> like, are a lot of your, is that in a lot of your books? <laughs> so um, all of my books read like a timeline. So, um, and kind of like a story. The first book obviously pulls from childhood, but it also pulls from those years that I was married and I, and from, and leaving religion. And there's a bit of that in there. There's a little bit of it in the second book, not so much. And then in the third book, it's a combination of both of those. So if you read all three of my books, you'll be able to like piece things together a little bit. I mean, there are some details obviously that have been changed, but, um, I had one friend, she sent me a text and she was like, so I got baked last night and <laughs> I had like five fingers in each of your books because I was like cross-referencing and figuring out where the poems fit. Oh and my God. And I was like, I love that so much. <laughs> like that makes me happy. <laughs> There's going to be like a Reddit thread on all your books of people being <laughs> yeah. like, well, no, this happened then. And everyone's going to be like, trying I to piece would it all die. together. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Manifesting that for you. That's yes, going to, yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and are your books on Amazon and other places? And uh, you're also... Did you have your um, pop-up shop yet? Not yet. There's one in okay. October. So October okay. 15th, if you're in or around or near Kansas City or just want to come hang out, um, there's one at, happening at Afterward Tavern and Shelves. It's a bar slash bookstore. So there will be Fun. drinks. <laughs> 
and I'll be there. And then there's one in November, just at a local library here. So awesome. are these yeah. some of your first um, in-person? Yeah. Things? yeah. Awesome. I mean, like when I go on my road trips or whatever, I'll normally hit people up and be like, hey, I'm here. If you want to come, come to this place, I'll be around. Um, but like, this is one of my a first official one. <laughs> so that's awesome. That's so fun. Um, is your goal to be like, I don't want to say just selling your um, poetry, but is that like the main thing you want to focus your energy on and like have your income come from or what's yeah. kind of like your, your goals <laughs> for the future? My goal for the future is to be a full-time poet <laughs> and like replace all of my income from my poetry books and poetry based things. So that's my goal for the next little bit. I would love for that to happen by January, 2023 or even December 28th, because that's the day I signed my divorce papers. <laughs> Whatever works, I'm open to everything. Um, so no, that's my plan is just to keep focusing on that. I do also want to write a book of short stories. I've always loved short stories and and like for me, my attention span sometimes is not great. And <laughs> so I'm like, Damn, I can focus oh my God. on that. Even when I'm writing, I'm like that, which is why I love poetry too. Like I have some longer poems, obviously, but I'm like, I can just quickly write something down, but I can also quickly read it and still feel like I got something out of it. So that's also one of the things that I'm working on. That's awesome. And it's reminding me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, do you see yourself ever like do you enjoy writing any other types of writings or are you really just like the short form poetry um or do you see yourself ever writing like a book just like I don't know if it's a memoir or whatever but like about your life like anything like that oh like I said at the beginning I think my life is so generic that I can't imagine writing a <laughs> I don't whole think book. so <laughs> I can't imagine writing a whole book about myself like poetry works because it's like you know it's poetry. Um, but no, I would love, I would love to write like short stories. When I do write short stories, I realize they get really dark, really fast, like <laughs> kind of dystopian type of things. And some of my favorite art authors, authors are like Cormac McCarthy. Um, anyway, I read Stephen King a lot growing up, but not so much now. Um, but I do like the more dystopian things, but I also love real life stories um and so kind of like like new girl and things like that like okay. I just think they're hilarious and I feel like there are a lot of experiences in my life that are not similar to new to new girl but like are things that you could look at and make a story out of that so maybe that's maybe that's what my memoir is yeah I could <laughs> like definitely a little see, story yeah. I could see you doing it in like a fun style way, like not the traditional way, of course. But yeah, that's awesome. Um, thank you so much for sharing everything. Um, I know we got like a little deeper and I yeah. think a lot of people just like your poetry will re relate to certain parts and different aspects. Um, and just thank you for being here. I'm really excited to just have you and your words on the podcast um, and have people get to really meet you. Um, Cause I know a lot of people who listen to the podcast also follow you. Um, oh. So it'll be cool for them to um, really get to know you. So it's kind of like our own little meet and greet here. Okay, um, everyone. <laughs> <Friends>. <laughs> 
Um, but for people who are just meeting you, where can they find you? Um, where can they find your books? And also your beautiful, gorgeous website. I love your website. It's so like, <laughs> thank you. Aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy because for a long time I kept like fucking it up. But okay. So my website is where she grows.com. You can find me on TikTok. Instagram. I'm even on Facebook occasionally at where she grows all three of those. Oh, that rhymed. <laughs> embarrassing. Typical poet. <laughs> embarrassing. Uh, my books are on Amazon and you can also order them online at Barnes and Noble. Oh so, my goodness. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so fun. And um, on your books, is it where she grows as well? Or is it Alicia? It has my, it has my, um, it has where she grows, but also Alicia Christensen. So if you type in either one of them, you'll find me. My name is so weird. Sometimes I'm just like, "Ah, just call me Alicia. Yeah. For a while. I just like only a lot of times I just go. I know people by like their Instagram handle. Like if I've never met them in person and so I'm like, it's so weird calling her Alicia. Like she's just where she grows. Call me whatever, <laughs> which is kind of funny because you wanted to be a tree when you were older and right. your name is like where she grows. Like this is I'm where like a plant. <laughs> the tree Alicia is growing. So I love that. <laughs> Um, but thank you so much again for being on. Thank um, you for having me. Yes. It was so fun. It, I, thank you so much. I, I love getting to meet people through here. I think it's just like such a cool way. Um, and I will post all your information on the Instagram so people can find you on there um, and the links to your books as well. So thank you again. Thank you, babe. This was so fun. <laughs> yes. We'll have to do it again maybe one day. <laughs> I would, yeah. um, <laughs> when you have your reddit thread and oh my god your, we can like yes it. <laughs> the theory of where she grows <laughs> but it originated here <laughs> yes it did um but thank you again have a great day and keep being you because i really appreciate it <laughs> oh, thank you <laughs> bye nice to bye. meet you